0: com muito especial, por favor. Indeed. <laughs> Dave Lang, welcome to the pre-show for the Brazilian Grand Prix. Uh, my Portuguese, I think, is as good as it will get in my life, so I wanted to really go for it today on the foreign phrase. Yeah, that I is, bet.
1: Uh, I bet right now it's tip of the
0: spear, good. Right now, it, it's real. Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm sure I am nailing all those syllables. Uh, that is two kaiperenias with very special please.
1: That's a word I cannot say caipirinhas for some oh, reason. Yeah. Like
0: it took me a few days.
1: I because it, it, it should be something that's right in my wheelhouse because it's a drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's delicious, and it's kind of one of the only words it's like a, a amazing magic word. It's like sumimasen in Japan. It's like uh-huh. if you know one word, it should be kaiperhenia,
0: mm-hmm. and I just
1: can't say it for the fucking life of me. It's awful.
0: Yeah, I've, there's an H in there that really yeah. messes things up. Uh, I actually, <laughs> I developed quite a taste for them. So much so that I just made myself one. Nice. Uh, Did you get the
1: special, the special kind of rum they use, or are you just using the American stuff?
0: Yeah, no, the the cachaca. Yeah, uh, it's I forget the brand. It starts with an L, but it's it's quite nice. It's really easy to make. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're delicious.
0: Yes. Welcome to Shift uh, F1, a podcast about speedy race cars welcome welcome everyone that is dave lang over there
1: uh you've been to brazil i've been to brazil uh twice so i went once for world cup okay and i was in rio fortaleza and natal uh and that was amazing and then i went a year later for carnival in salvador wow and that was equally amazing so I've kind, of, I've kind of seen all parts of the country, uh, at least the coastal parts anyway. I've never been like, I haven't been inland anywhere interesting. Um, did you do any of the Amazon stuff?
0: No. So we, we were just in um, Sao Paulo, uh, Rio, and Brasilia. Okay. So fairly, uh, Brasilia is pretty central, but it's more like a desert than a jungle.
1: So I, I I did one night in Sao Paulo, but I didn't do anything. I just, it was like a frickin' my flight was delayed and I had to stay overnight and I, could, I was like, Well, I could stay by the airport or I could go to the city and maybe check it out in the morning and I just slept the entire time and then went. So I've been on the freeways in Sao Paulo. That's the extent of my Sao Paulo experience.
0: <laughs> well now you gotta go to the GP and uh and get the whole the trifecta, the World Cup the carnival and the Brazilian Grand Prix. I think that would be a really, really nice uh way to round out your brazil experience i
1: agree so what what were your top three or top whatever brazil takeaways from going
0: oh man um i went to uh the largest favela in south america in in rio okay Um, and that was quite an experience it was uh way different than i thought we shot a whole bunch of footage there so uh cloth map will be producing a video uh on that later um, but very uh, very very cool uh, and, and didn't feel in danger at all um, My guide explained that this is this is where the drug lords live and they don't want to cause uh, problems in their home so you're you're fairly safe here you know except if a, a war with the police breaks out
1: hypothetically um, hypothetically
0: but uh, yeah met some amazing people got to um, chat with, uh, just like a lot of cool video game people and non video game people got like, uh, we, we were served uh dinner one time in someone's apartment. Uh, which oh, wow. Was fascinating. Yeah. Um, great, great food. Good, like good immigrant food, like pizza and, uh, beer. What am I also great Brazilian food?
1: One of my favorite kind of, uh, like, I think one of my favorite things about Brazil was the breakfast food. Um, like a lot of pastries yeah. with sausage in them, a lot yes. of just stuff like that, and uh, I must breakfast is probably like my favorite meal, and I love 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 that sort of stuff. So when we were um, the one, that we, there was this place right by our B Airbnb in Rio. So we were right by um, Copacabana. We were mm-hmm. like three blocks off Copacabana, and the corner like right where our uh, where our Airbnb was was just this. Corner uh, bakery deli thing. And you know how, like, they say, like, there's, you don't go into it, right? It's just windows that are at the corner. Mm -hmm. And you just walk up and you buy it. I would just get something different every day. And it was always amazing.
0: Yeah. They, they love their, their pastries and their sweets there. Uh, One, in in fact, in that, in the apartment dinner for dessert, um, someone made us Brigaderos. Did you try those?
1: I don't know. What is it? They're,
0: (laughs) apparently, to make them, you just dump. Uh, butter, sweetening condensed milk, and cocoa into a pot, and just stir it until it's thick, and then make little balls out of it, and cover them with chocolate sprinkles.
1: Okay, Absolutely. that sounds that sounds okay to me. Yeah, I'm
0: gonna, yeah. I'm, gonna I'm gonna I've I've got the uh, the uh, caipirinha down. I think I'm gonna go with Brigadero's next.
1: So I've not had those. So yeah, yeah,
0: really really tasty. Um, yeah, Brazil was awesome, godlike one might
1: say. One could say it was godlike if one were so inclined.
0: Speaking of Brazil and all its fascinating uh, sights to see, let's talk about the track, Dave Lang, for the Brazilian Grand Prix. What do you say?
1: Well, this is ostensibly a show about speedy race cars, so I guess we should get into that, too.
0: Yes, uh, and where they live. They live in Brazil in uh, a place called Interlagos. Well, it's, it's now known as Autodromo José Carlos Pachi.
1: Uh, oh, you could do better than that.
0: Autodromo José Carlos Pachi. There you go. Thank you. I I don't I don't have the Brazilian ac- or the uh the Portuguese accent down. You
1: know, no have- unless unless you've been there th- that would pass for anyone else. <laughs>
0: right. Uh anyway, it's uh so named after a Brazilian F1 driver who uh died in a plane crash actually in uh, the middle of the 1977 season. Um and the uh the track now bears his name. Interlagos means between two lakes, which the track uh, formerly was and uh it's it's kind of a crazy track it's it's got a lot of undulation a lot of ups and downs uh and it, it kind of folds back in on itself so it's not um uh you know it's not strictly a uh like oval shaped but it's more it's bent in the middle so there's an infield part
1: it's got uh, it's it, like it might be maybe i'm maybe this was how the track used to be uh i don't know if it's still like this but i remember from watching like that Senna documentary or whatever uh, used to feature a bunch of like a, several blind corners. Do you know if it still has those or are they
0: uh, blind in the sense that you couldn't see the like over a rise?
1: Yeah, like or, or just even like the it's like into a yeah it's like basically rises or uh, corners with like a wall embankment there that you can't quite see past the apex on.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of long turns. So yeah, um, yeah a lot of, a lot of sweepers. It's a it's a, it's a counterclockwise track. Uh, 2.7 miles or 4.3 kilometers, Um, and fairly high elevation, resulting in, uh, according to F1 Fanatic, 10% lower air density, which, as we learned from Mexico, has cooling and aerodynamic effects. Mexico was 25% lower, for for reference. Uh, It used to be way bumpy, but got a resurface in 2014, uh, and has hosted... The uh, Brazilian Grand Prix from 1972 to 77, then from 79 to 80, and in its present configuration from 1990 until now, uh, continuing until at least 2022. Um, but it, it starts almost the same as the Circuit of the Americas, which uh, you know should be no, 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 as no surprise because that's kind of a, a Frankenstein track. Yeah, it's like greatest hits, right? From, yeah, so it's 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 uphill. It's not quite as uphill as Circuit of the Americas, but then it, it goes right into the the Senna S which is turn one and turn two, um, which are not, you know, they're not very, they're not very tight. This track does not have a lot of uh, tight turns, so it's, it's fairly fast. Uh, Turn three is also a gradual uh, left-hander that leads into another long straight, uh, which means for the first part of the track, you're going really, really fast because the, the uh, starting line is also a really long straight. Uh, At the end of that, though, it dips downhill into a tight left, Uh, But the next left is flat out, so you're back up to speed again for uh, a climb back up the hill. Uh, From there, it's a tricky section of three right turns that seem to go on forever, tightening as they go. Then you've got a long left, so it's critical to really nail the preceding turns. Uh, Then you go up the hill some more into a tight right-hander that dumps you onto a straight that ends pretty quickly in a tight left. From there, it's more hill climbing back up to the uh, start-finish line. Um, weather here is a roll of the dice and sure enough, while I was in San Paolo, you could never, you could never predict it and it would change, <laughs> you know, in a heartbeat.
1: Um, oh, you, you call it, I thought it was Sao Paulo. You call it San Paulo? Is that correct?
0: What, the way they were saying it there sounded more like San okay. because, um, or San really, uh, cause the, the squiggly line over the A is a, means nasally sound. So it's, it's, it's actually more like Sao Paulo. So Paul, Yeah, okay. Yeah, Got gotcha. for me to say in in conversation. Yeah. Uh but this uh people may recall from last year's race, the clinic that Max Verstappen put on in the rain here. That's that's my kind of go-to for this. Yeah. Uh as well as uh Felipe Massa's uh, crash and subsequent teary walk to the pits uh where he thought he was retiring but then ended up not retiring.
1: I've been, I've been implored by Twitter not to make fun of Massa on this podcast, and so I'm, I'm going to ad, adhere to your wishes, Twitter. I'm not going to make fun of Massa or the way he retired and unretired, and, and I'm not going to speculate on what it's going to be like this week. I'm just not going to do it for you because I love you very much. What a guy, Dave Lang. I'm certainly uh, not going to comment on – i no, just kidding. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was – I mean, yes, it was undercut – by his unretirement but I thought it was a great moment when I was watching it.
1: When I that's the reason I'm so mad about it <laughs> is cuz it was an amazing moment. It was like it was an all-time like I'm not the biggest massa fan but I respect him. He drove he drove for the Scuderia, he wore the red. That's right. Uh, so I respect him and his efforts and his time put in and that moment got me choked up. You yeah. know, with this kid hanging on him and his wife there and just the race director having the balls just to stay on him and basically fuck, say fuck off with the race for like, yeah. f- it seemed forever. Uh, <laughs> it was an amazing moment and then it's been subsequently robbed from me. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> so, so let's not talk about I'm it. I'm not going to talk about how that makes me feel.
0: Uh, there, there are some some good recaps actually posted recently on the the F1 YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash F1. Uh, there's like a good... A director's cut highlights edition of that race as well as um a, a good recap of uh of max's uh, amazing race in the rain which uh, I, I recommend all people watch i i would go uh or i will go put that in the the show notes for this episode at f1. cool the last five race winners uh are hamilton rossberg rossberg vettel and jensen button of the current drivers in the F1 field, Vettel and Massa have won twice. Hamilton and Raikkonen have won uh, once each. And, okay. Uh,
1: so There's a reason to believe for, for, for the Scuderia fans out there like your boy.
0: Yes. And in fact, if Vettel stays ahead of Botas, it will be the first time anyone has beaten a Mercedes driver in the driver championship since 2014. Yeah. So there's still a race going on here. Yes, Lewis Hamilton has already won the championship. But uh, that's, that's something. Okay. Uh, let's talk about weather, though, because it is all over the place in this race. Uh, it looks to be uh, a race time about 67 degrees Fahrenheit or 19 Celsius with a 15% chance of rain, although the track will most likely be wet because uh, there should be a thunderstorm moving through. Uh, just before, uh, oh, I'm sorry. This is for qualifying. Uh, the race day, however, looks to be no precipitation, uh, but much higher temperatures—27 degrees Celsius or 80 degrees Fahrenheit—with uh, some uh, some decent wind. We got like 10 or 11 miles an hour.
1: You just never know, though. It could, like I feel I, I, that's one of my takeaways from my time in Brazil. I don't know how it was when you were there, but especially at the southern end of Brazil. Like in Salvador, like, not that Salvador is close to Sao Paulo or whatever, but like the, I, I just felt like a raid at the drop of a hat, regardless of what people expected.
0: Yeah, it, it can. Yeah, if if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes.
1: Yeah, correct.
0: Um, yeah, it's in that respect, it's a perfect place for a racetrack. Uh, let's see, tires here um everyone pretty we got mediums soft and super softs everyone pretty even on their picks here williams is uh maybe the um the ballsiest ones going only with a medium two sets of softs and the rest are super softs Uh, reno actually is doing the same thing everybody else has between uh three or four sets of of softs um nobody's taking more than one set of mediums it is a it is a super soft heavy track so that's what we'll see
1: like thank God we know what Renault is doing, you know, with their tick, with their fucking uh, strats on the tires. It's gonna be it's essential going into the weekend knowing what they're doing. God, why do they even show up? Why do they bother?
0: Renault, what are you talking about? They're getting way better. They're they got getting Carly better. Signs now. Fuck. I mean, that's
1: okay. Where are they? Where are they at the constructors championship, Drew?
0: Uh, they are seventh. Ahead right. Of Haas.
1: Yeah. So they're ahead of the American upstarts. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Gotcha. I mean, they're no, they're no, they're no solver. I'll give them that. But sure.
0: Oh, I've missed you, Dave Lang.
1: I missed you too, Drew.
0: Let's talk about some news. Speaking of Felipe Massa, Dave, uh, he's out for next year. This is, in fact, his final season. Oh, I guess this is his final season for now.
1: I'm not going to uh, say anything.
0: He uh, he he will leave Williams at the end of the season. He uh, posted a. A very. This is burned. really testing
1: my resolve right now. <laughs> this is very difficult for me.
0: Posted a, t- a Twitter video. Huge thank you to all my fans who've been incredibly supportive and passionate over the years. Again. I, I t- take many great memories with me as I prepare for my final two races in Brazil and Abu Dhabi. And although they will be emotional, I am looking forward to ending on a high note and preparing for a new chapter in my career. Probably. Uh but, I mean, who who could say he could be back
1: in? <laughs> who could say hit him with the who could say? Nice. Uh <laughs> he could be back with a Sauber. Anything is possible.
0: Anything is possible. I I I probably I expect any F one driver will, with the exception of like Nico Rosberg, I guess, would take the opportunity to drive anything at any time.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, they they got there's something. W- all these people are just wired different than me and you, right? Like mm-hmm. they need to compete, they need to win, they need to they need to do all these things, and like I can't imagine you go from that life to just doing nothing. Right? That's got to be impossible, right? So, right. I understand the dilemma, um, and I look forward to him retiring again next year. See, Alex, see I can't not do it. <laughs> God dang it! I'm just gonna stop talking about it. It's fine. <laughs>
0: Uh, we don't know who will be in in Williams. The the discussions are still going on. I guess um, in the running are Robert Kibitza, Paul Duresta, Pascal Verline, and um, officially Danny Cafiat. Although that's I don't know, that sounds like an outside chance to me. Yeah. Um, to be also to be confirmed for next season are the Toro Rosso's, Pierre Gasly, and uh, Brandon Brandon Brand, Brandon Brandon Hartley, Brendan, yeah. Uh, Grosjean, uh, Stroll, although that's pr- basically locked, uh, Ericsson, and Verline. Uh A few more driver, t- or not driver changes, but new new faces around. McLaren's got a new reserve driver, Lando Norris. He's 17 years old from Britain.
1: What a, what a great name. Holy shit. Boy, yeah, you're right. Lando. That's a great name. Wow. Okay. And he's 17
0: years old, so you know his parents saw Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and he also just won the European Formula 3 championship. So he cool. sounds like a pretty cool dude. Uh, but this means that Jensen Button, former McLaren reserve driver, is uh, now totally out of Formula 1. Um, this uh, this from skysports.com. Button says, next year I will race something. I don't know what yet, whether it will be in America, Europe, or Japan. There are a few options, but I want to do a full season. So I, wherever Jensen Button goes, I will probably be watching
1: yeah i like j- i like button it's yeah, hard. He, i mean i i don't know he's he's kind of a like uh just uh there and happy to be there it's like i don't know someone who would who wouldn't like i hate that motherfucker but like right. uh yeah i wish him well
0: yeah who who would throw so much shade on a formula one driver
1: <laughs> no one i know that's for sure
0: Oh, uh, we've also got a relatively new face practicing this weekend with Force India, 19-year-old George Russell, a 2017, the 2017 GP3 champion from England. Uh, he has tested for Mercedes in the past, but will be practicing with Force India uh, at Interlagos and at Yas Marina. So uh, look forward to for that. I guess he's part of Mercedes's driver program, which would make sense because uh, Force India runs Mercedes engines. Which I guess is also another vote against Danny because uh, <laughs> he's, he's he's been doing uh, Renault engines and Pascal Verline uh, has been doing Mercedes engines so yeah we will see yeah uh, th- and then the other I mean, we've got two two more big stories here I guess the 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 one that's the hottest right now is uh, Hamilton got a tax break on his jet so I don't really understand this fully. I'm not a, I don't know, f- finances uh, scare me a little bit. Sure. Um, but it appears that Hamilton's jet was officially owned. Uh, I, you've seen pictures of his jet, right? It's that like bright candy yeah, apple red. jet. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. A, one of the most beautiful looking airplanes I've ever seen.
1: Or garish, uh, depending on your certain sensibilities. Either I've You like of- red stuff, Dave Lang. I like red stuff for people on the team. I don't like people posing. Mm. I don't like people. I don't like what?
0: deep down, really wants to be a Ferrari driver. Well, you, know,
1: you know he does, because he loves Schumacher, right? Schumacher's his hero, right?
0: Oh, Santa's his hero.
1: Well, don't... Yeah, in modern times.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, it, yeah. Again, my understanding, everyone wants to drive for Ferrari. Yeah. Uh Anyway, it it seems like his jet was officially owned by a company uh, on the Isle of Man, which has some weird tax stuff, that rents planes, Yep. but he's the only one that rents it and doesn't ever return to the Isle of Man. So from the sound of the article on The Guardian, it doesn't sound like he's done anything outright illegal, or at least he has done what a lot of other people have done, and it is one of those laws that is not enforced, but... With uh, this, all came out of the leak of the Paradise Papers, which exposed this situation and a lot of others. Um, so, who, who who knows what what legal things will change after as a, as a result of that? Right. Uh, but from the Telegraph, a spokesman for the 32 year old Mercedes driver said on Monday that the deal was quote above board, and that quote the matter is now in the hands of his lawyers. Uh, obviously, right now there's a bit of a storm surrounding me," said Hamilton shortly after arriving in Sao Paulo for this week's penultimate round of the season in Brazil. There are many different stories around, but I don't have anything to add to the whole scenario that has happened. It doesn't distract me from my core values and also what I am here to do, which is try to win the Brazilian Grand Prix for a second time in my life. So.
1: All about the business.
0: Uh, yeah, well, he, he's, <laughs> he, have to, he may have to argue in court that he was not about the business. Uh,
1: uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's either it's illegal or it's not, right? We'll see.
0: Uh, also, uh, some more fallout happening after the 2021 engine regulations were announced. Um,
1: I'm just... So I, I didn't hear any of these announcements, so... Oh, really? So I could use, I could use an overview on the just the what for there.
0: Yeah, so... Um, uh, this... Here, I've got a good quote from the BBC here actually does a really good job summarizing all of this stuff. Uh, the proposal by the FIA and Formula One is to retain the current engine architecture of a 1.6 liter V6 turbo hybrid, but simplify it by removing the most complex part of the hybrid system, the so-called MGUH, which recovers energy from the turbo and impose restrictions on a number of parts. So the, it is, it is under the guise of a cost saving measure that it's not going to change too much. uh, And also the really complicated part, the part that harvests energy and from the heat of the turbo and turns it back into battery power uh that is no no longer uh around so it should be cheaper to develop uh engines for potentially independent engine manufacturing what
1: about the gas savings
0: <laughs> i think actually they're turning oh maybe they're I think they're changing the fuel flow either up or down.
1: It's the most preposterous thing I've ever heard in my life, though. Like, that they, like, F1 cares about fucking fuel consumption. Like, the planes they fly these fucking cars around on <laughs> use like a thousand X of what they, you know, uh, any one of these cars does on a weekend, right? So it's like, oh, yeah, we use a little less fuel because we're a hybrid now. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for looking out, Bernie. Right. God.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like there's, there's a real opportunity for formula one to do away with all of that stuff because you've got formula E, right? That's your, that's your electric, uh, you know, carbon neutral racing. Right. That's point people toward that. If they care about the environment, formula one can just be, you know, balls out insane.
1: F yeah, one. Like, uh, uh, it's time to get like bub rub in there and put whistle tips on some of these cars. <laughs> like, you know, like woo, or, woo, or let's a, get it uh, going.
0: A, a, a card in the spokes.
1: Yeah, correct. Any of these affectations to make more noise. That's what.
0: <laughs> well, they say that uh, the uh, these new engine regs will improve the sound of of the engines. Well,
1: so. see, that's that, that's the wrong kind of improvement. Like, I want novelty improvement. I don't want it because, like, what other what people mean when they say that? That's code for louder, and now I can't talk to the person next to me. Right. What I want is like Dukes of Hazzard's horns on every car. <laughs> that's what I want. Like, so Two fucking Vettel gets Vettel gets mad at fucking somebody for cutting him off. He hits him with a do 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 do. <laughs> you know, he hits him with that one time. Yeah, that'd be fun. Don't tell yeah. me that wouldn't be fun. It would, no doubt.
0: Uh. Ferrari and the rest of the constructors, though, not happy uh, for some reason. Let me, you're, let me just... It's, it's hold on, lot. hold
1: on, hold on. You're telling me the constructors are unhappy about something? Yeah, right. Are you uh, sure?
0: Three, three of F1's current engine manufacturers, this is also from the BBC article, Mercedes, Ferrari, and Renault have expressed misgivings about aspects of the plan. Mercedes and Renault say it will increase their costs by forcing them to effectively design an all-new engine. While Ferrari say it diminishes, quote, powertrain uniqueness and have threatened to quit F1 if the new rules are not to their liking. Uh, <laughs> the existing manufacturers have collectively plowed hundreds of millions into the design of the existing F1 engines and are reluctant to see that wasted.
1: I remember the first time I heard someone threaten to quit F1 a couple years ago. It was Red Bull, I think. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my god. Because for those who don't know anything about, it, like I'm a relatively new F1 fan, like Drew. Like I just started well, like five or six years ago. I just got into it, and the first time I heard any of this talk was like Red Bull when they just had these shitty Renault engines and they weren't competitive, and on the heels of them just dominating the sport with the F- with the V12s. And it's like, you know, it's like, oh my god, we can't have this without Red Bull. And now it's like I did what I didn't know at the time is everyone threatens to quit every month because they're all a bunch of babies and none of them will ever quit.
0: Yes. I think you are exactly right. And in, in fact, Martin Brundle, uh, Sky commentator, said on Twitter Ferrari bluffing about leaving F1. Nowhere else
1: with global reach.
0: Aston Martin, McLaren, Lamborghini, and Porsche would seize the initiative. And I am uh, inclined to agree with Mr. Brundle.
1: Yeah. There's such a sweetheart deal with F1 at two. I mean, any cost they incur, any, like, any penalty they have, is overcome by just their sweetheart deal relative to the other people competing against them.
0: Yeah, and if for those that don't know, Ferrari, I think, is the only team that gets this like grandfathered in uh legacy right. bonus. Yeah. Uh for being around Formula One forever. And it's like 70 million dollars or something. It is it, yeah, it's
1: it's a it's like a driver and a half salary. It's insane. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, so they're not going anywhere. Yeah. But we're going somewhere, Dave. We're going around the world. Woot, woot Of racing. This weekend, we've got Camping World on, Truck! Oh, wait, oh, okay, hold on. Just a new bit?
1: You got a new voice?
0: What are you talking about?
1: Camping World Truck? That was kind of a new thing. I was about to tell you to go full NASCAR for the whole time again. <laughs> but then you dropped a new Camping World Truck on me that I hadn't heard before. Really? Can you do that voice for me one time? Let me hear that. Camping World Truck! Okay, do the whole thing like that. No. We, listen, we've established a couple things with, when, I, when I guest appear on the show. There's not, No one ever tweets at me or gets at me when I'm on the show about, like, what an insightful commentary about Turn 3 at Inter Largos. That was fucking great. Thanks. I didn't know that, Lang. All people do on Twitter when I'm on the show is say, thank you so much for making Drew do the NASCAR voice more. <laughs> it's the only positive feedback I get. So if you think I'm going to sit here and let you not do the and World truck voice or the NASCAR voice for the entire like, racing around the world, you, sir, are insane. If you want to ping pong between the two voices, I'll accept that as well.
0: Tell you what, I'll do NASCAR because I live in an apartment and have very thin walls.
1: <laughs> I'll accept it. Okay, allowed.
0: <laughs> so considerate. The and World truck trucks. They're at the Phoenix International Raceway in Avondale, Arizona. They sure are. For the Lucas Oil 150. <laughs> then we got Super GT at the Twin Ring Motegi in the Tochigi Prefecture, <laughs> Japan.
1: It's weird. I'm laughing hysterically and I'm getting mildly aroused. I don't know what to do about this. Continue.
0: The World Rally Cross Championship is at Killarney International Raceway in Cape Town, South Africa, for the World Rally Cross of South Africa. (laughs) MotoGP, they're in Valencia, Spain. Bet your ass they are. For the Gran Primo Motul de la Communitate Valenciana. (laughs) The NHRA is at Auto Club Raceway at Pomona in Pomona, (laughs) California. We're starting to lose
1: it a little bit. Double down again. Reinforce it. Auto
0: Club Finals. (laughs) And finally, Mr. Lang, we have NASCAR. Yes. At the Phoenix International Raceway in, as I mentioned before, Avondale, A Z <laughs> for the Can
1: Am 500. Amen. <clears throat> Good job. And Formula One. Thank Just you. He's gonna get this for you here. That's that's. I'm clapping for everyone out there that needs that that needs that from you, Drew. Like I need it. I'm clapping <laughs> I, on their behalf.
0: I need a drink after that.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you.
0: uh but Formula One. Is there Eastern times. Switching up a little bit. Friday, November 10th, practice one starts at 7 a.m. You can watch that on NBC Sports Network's app. Practice two is 11 a.m. Eastern on NBC Sports Network. Saturday, November 11th, is practice three at 8 a.m. Uh, then it appears that qualifying is technically at 11 a.m. and you can watch it on the app, but there must be a scheduling conflict because it re-airs on NBC Sports Network at 9.30 p.m.
1: Oh, that's weird. Which is weird.
0: Uh, Sunday, though, the race, Dave Lang, 11 o'clock Eastern Time on Uh, NBC Sports Network. That's a watchable one.
1: Italian chef kisses fingers. (laughs) Perfecto.
0: Yeah, not too bad for you either in the the CST.
1: No, fantastic for me. That's like... The kids have probably already ruined my sleep at that point. <laughs> I can still pretend like I'm asleep and stay in bed and turn this on with the volume down. It's fa- it's, it's actually best possible time for me.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, let's let's run down the driver's standings real quick here. What do you say? Lewis Hamilton has secured the driver's championship. Sebastian Vettel still in second place with 277. Valtteri Bottas has 262, so not that far behind with two races to go. Danny Rick in 4th with 192. Kimi Räikkönen with 178. Max Verstappen with 148. Sergio Perez has 92. Esteban Ocon with 83. Carlos Sainz with 54. Lance Stroll's got 40. Felipe Massa, his teammate, with 36. Close behind. Uh, Nico Hülkenberg with 34. Roman Grosjean's got 28. Kevin Magnussen with 19. The Stoff with 13. Alonso's got 11. Palmer, who no longer races in Formula 1, has 8 points. Pascal Verline and Danny Cafe are tied at five, but Marcus Erickson, Antonio Giovinazzi, Pierre Gasly, Brendan Hartley, Jensen Button, and everyone else who has touched a uh, race car this season has zero points.
1: Just like that. I have Gosh. zero points.
0: I have zero points too.
1: That's gotta hurt. That's yeah. not what they were hoping what, dreaming about this, this summer when they're I guess in the fall when they're lifting their weights. When they were <laughs> denying themselves food and, and nice nice meals like, this is the year I get a point in a race. This is the year.
0: Contact, yeah.
1: Yeah. No dice, assholes.
0: (laughs) Constructor standings. Mercedes, uh, of course, has secured the championship. Ferrari's in second with 455. Red Bull's got 340. Force India with 175. Williams has 76. Toro Rosso with 53. Close behind them is Renault with 48. And Haas is one point behind them with 47. McLaren's got 24. And Sauber with 5.
1: I think at some point, like Haas, if you tell them three years ago, this is where they'd be right now, I, I bet they're not that upset,
0: right? I, I, I saw something that Gene Haas said, uh, a race win within 10 years, or we have failed.
1: Okay. I think that's a great goal, actually. That is, yeah. yeah, that's a fantastic goal. Good job, Gene Haas. You're a smart person.
0: Gene Haas and team, getting it done. Every time. Also getting it done are the emails sent to f1.cool emails. You can go there and fill out a form. I like filling out forms. I don't know about you.
1: Who doesn't like forms?
0: Uh, speaking of Brazil, this one comes in from Eduardo in Florianópolis. Hey, Drew and Danny and Dave Lang. Uh, I know I've been writing regularly to you guys for over a year, but since I don't have a TV, I only follow F1 by listening to the podcast and watching highlight reels from F1's YouTube channel. That has changed with the Malaysian GP. This is kind of an old email. Uh, It was my first GP since around 2003, and I was surprised to find myself at the edge of my seat for most of the race. It's one thing to watch recaps, but I had completely forgotten what it was like to watch live. It surely helps that it was a good race, with my boy Danny Rick's brilliant overtake on Botas and subsequent battle with Fettel being my favorite parts. I just hope this uh, email encourages other listeners in a situation similar to mine to actually watch the races in case they haven't. I think the race would have been way more interesting had it rained, but alas. This time, the water-related incidents were limited to Dave Lang's tears. (laughs) Thanks, as always, for the great job with the podcast and Neum, Eduardo.
1: You know, it's... uh... I, so do you ever watch those first or do you always just like, well, you have to watch the race cause you take all the notes, right?
0: Yeah. I, I definitely try to avoid everything before. Uh, watching. So before if, race.
1: if it wasn't for the show, would you still uh, consume the race in the, 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 would you still consume it all in the same way or would you change how you do it?
0: Yeah. Same way. Uh, I wouldn't take notes, <laughs> but yeah. I would still watch qualifying uh, and and the race.
1: Yeah, I because I, I, I watch quality of the race and if I'm bored like if I'm home Friday night and uh, you know I don't want to play a game or whatever I just want to veg out like I put on practice on even in that situation even though it's like the worst thing to watch it's just kind of like background noise or whatever
0: yeah I yeah totally agree I I've put on practice I mean the NBC Sports net uh, network app is actually really good for that because uh, they've got they the app has all the practice sessions and one in three don't have any commentary. So it's just car noises running around (laughs) and you can walk by the TV and look at it. And it's, it's great. Um, but yeah, I I don't, I don't make it a a point to watch practice, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's great for background stuff. Uh, another kind of old email here, uh, from unsigned. I'm going to go with, I'm going to say T, uh, Hey guys, I'm a new listener, but a big fan. I've been a fan of Formula 1 since I was a kid. Catching races in the wee hours of the morning uh, on the Speed Channel. Man. Remember yeah. the Speed Channel? Classic. I, I used to watch... Oh, what were they called? I think we've talked about them before, but they were like... Swamp buggies? Is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to air swamp
1: buggy races. Those are savage.
0: They're the craziest looking cars and yeah. racing them is fantastic. I would definitely recommend. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put a note here to find some some links to swamp buggy racing. Um anyway <laughs> uh, speed channel Michael Schumacher was a wizard behind the wheel I would see these amazing races as a kid and be bummed if there was no dedicated F1 track in the United States. After a long time away from Formula One, I came back a few years ago only to discover that not only is there a United States Grand Prix on an awesome track, but it takes place around my birthday every year.
1: Wow. A point
0: to watch every year just so Formula One can continue to be supported in the U.S. I even turn off football that Sunday to make sure I don't miss the race. That is dedication. Uh, after seeing Lewis Hamilton win the championship at COTA in 2015, I've been dead set on attending the U.S. Grand Prix. I uh, would like to make that dream come true in 2018. Any advice for going to, the, uh, going to Austin for the USGP? Where should I be sitting for the best experience? What other activities should I partake in while in Austin? How far in advance should I purchase the ticket so they don't cost me an arm and a leg? Any advice would help? Thanks. So we've gotten this question before, but I wanted to, we haven't done it in a while, and uh, you've been to the most races, so I wanted to get your opinion.
1: But you've, you've been to uh, this race more recently than I have, so I think you've got, for this race in particular
0: yeah um Austin, yeah, Austin's cool. it's It's kind of a small town, uh, and getting to the race was tough, but we had rented a car, so I, I would recommend that. Uber is weird
1: there. I don't think they they don't have, have Uber, Uber anymore. anymore. yeah, they don't have Uber anymore.
0: Um, and have, there's
1: know. there's two alternatives you can have. Last time I was down there, I tried one of them, and it was fine, but it felt weird.
0: Yeah, and if you're coming from the racetrack especially, it's going to be tough getting one out there. So, yeah. I would maybe rent a car or like see if you can carpool with somebody. Um in in terms of ter- like where to sit, we sat at turn 15 and that was kind of awesome cuz you're looking at you see the very end of a long straight and then you see um the cars basically doing like a zigzag through a bunch of turns where passing can happen. So, that was a really really cool place to 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 look. Uh, I used YouTube extensively researching where to sit because there's a lot of, like you just type Circuit of the Americas turn 15 or turn nine or whatever. Right. Uh, and there are YouTube clips of people sitting in those stands so you could get a better sense of... Uh, oh, that's of a good privacy. idea. Yeah. I I really wanted to make sure that there was a, a, a TV screen in, in view of uh, where the seat is. But I think it, these days they've got there's probably a, with the exception of like general admission, which I think you just kind of wander around the track. Yeah. Um, there's, I think there's TVs in, uh, in pretty much everywhere you're going to sit. Um, <clears throat> I would say also get the formula one app. Uh, it's a subscription, but you can, you can just sign up for one month. And it's like three bucks. And then you can listen to the radio commentary while you're watching the race and see like the timing screens and stuff. Um, I, I was watching that the whole time to to get a, a sense of the race because even with the TV you can't really hear the commentators uh, so I, I found that that crucial because otherwise you're just watching cars go by
1: yep yeah it's if you don't have it's like I love going to races, but if you're in a weird spot at some tracks you don't have a great view of the TV or you can't hear the announcers on the PA or it's a track where they don't constantly do the announcers on the PA. It can be a little boring. Uh, yeah, so, it's, it's yeah.
0: often not a great way to watch the race. It's a great way to watch Formula One cars right. in person. That's Correct. really really cool. We w- we went to practice qualifying and the race. It was just so cool to see the cars right there in front of you. Um, but it's you, you need to kind you need something else uh, to help you with the race. So. Um, I, I, I would recommend that you, uh, listen to the app and also take an extra battery for your phone. Cause it's probably going to suck it dry for two hours. Uh, in, in terms of cool things to do in Austin, I would just say eat. It's got great barbecue.
1: Yeah. Austin is a really cool city. Um, if you're like, I like Austin a lot. Uh, it's got something, let's just say for a moment you're into drinking, uh, if you're not into drinking, there's still like Drew said, a billion great restaurants to explore, and you could have you know three fantastic meals a day, and not repeat the same type of food in that town. It's great, but if you are into kind of drinking, partying stuff, you know it's a college town, and so there's Sixth Street with a bunch of college ass bars there, and go watch kids drink nickel beers and and just you know get shit faced, and that's kind of charming in its own kind of weird way, uh, but then there's Rainy Street. And Rainy Street is a little bit more upscale. It's a little bit more sophisticated. There's like cocktail bars there. Uh and it has also got just charming as fuck, because it used to be like so it's basically a bunch of really old houses and other domiciles that were transformed into restaurants and bars. Um and it I, is
0: I think I went there.
1: Yeah, it's great. And it's it's totally it's a long walk, but it's walkable from most ho- downtown hotels. Um like Drew said, getting to the track is a major pain in the ass because it's not like it's a very it's a small lane road and it's not by Austin and there's not like a bus or a train that goes there. So uh you need to rent a car. I think definitively if you don't have one, you need to rent a car. Um but Austin is a great, great town. Uh and that yeah, so I, I give that race two thumbs up.
0: <laughs> I, I would also say purchase the tickets as far in advance as you can. Uh, in fact, I think either through the Circuit of the Americas website or Formula One itself, you can sign up for email uh, notifications that say when the tickets are going on sale. So,
1: it's um, also one of the more affordable races from a ticket perspective. Yeah. Um,
0: And you don't have to, it's not like you have to sit there and refresh, refresh, refresh until the tickets go on sale. Like they're not going to sell out immediately, but what you don't want to happen is uh, to have to buy them on the secondary market. Or if you're like,
1: yeah, especially if you're like, you're dead set. Like I want to, like me, like I only ever sit turn one, right? Like if I'm dead set at turn one, you should make plans, set a calendar outlook invite for that day and say, go buy those tickets. But they're not too hard to get. And uh, it's, Generally speaking, pretty affordable for all. Like, you know, you you can do just one day tickets, three day tickets, whatever you want to get.
0: Yeah i i I would say we we got three day tickets because um, it was all of our our first race. I think in the future I would only if it was getting expensive. I would probably only buy the race day ticket um, as long as it was in like a cool area that I could I could uh, you know have have fun in.
1: I would argue so I would I would say if you're okay say you don't live in Texas say this is a flight for you to begin with right yeah. if you're taking the trouble to fly there and get a rental car I and like I can't imagine a world where you wouldn't want to get qualifying too like you're already spending yeah. a, a large amount of money like if 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 like that qualifying ticket price is the difference between you and you going and not going you know, I'd save up more and go next year. Because um, going for just the race day, I think, well, Austin's really cool and you can do a bunch of cool shit. Like, you, you really, if It's for your first race, you want to go to qualifying. For your first race, you want to go to the race. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. For your, I would say for your first race, definitely see if you can swing the, the, the three-day pass. Uh, that also, I guess, segues into what to, like, other activities. There weren't, like, Liberty Media did not own Formula One when we went. So I've heard that they have been doing a lot more around the races in terms of things to do uh, while we were there the only real thing you could do was buy stuff um, and I did buy a, a sweet Williams hat uh, but expect to pay a lot there. You're paying for the fact that you that it's official merchandise and that you got it at the track so uh, I think my hat was like 50 bucks or something. Yeah.
1: Basically everything is like double to triple what you would pay for it. Like on Amazon essentially, but they do have some exclusive stuff. Uh, and sometimes it's cool. Uh, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd, I'd say like, like you said, uh, it's already a huge expense, but no, no going in that it won't just be the tickets. Um, also to get your Airbnb, uh, at the, at the same time as you do your tickets, because, uh, That'll, that'll fill up fast, too.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, or a hotel room.
1: Especially if you get the Airbnb before the host knows it's that weekend.
0: <laughs> yes, because they're going to jack up the prices, too.
1: That's the clutch move.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you go with a lot of friends, you can, you can split it, so that's, that helps. Uh, all right. Anything else about uh, race days? I
1: think we'll move uh, on. Yeah, that's it for me.
0: Uh, they're good.
1: They're good.com. You should go.
0: They are. They're fun. Uh, Also unsigned, I'm going to go with R. Uh, Hey, guys. I was delighted to hear the news about Brendan Hartley driving for Toro Rosso at Austin. He's definitely worth keeping an eye on. When I worked for Murphy Prototypes in LMP2, that's uh, Le Mans Prototypes, in 2012, Brendan drove for the team and was unbelievably quick. We had to retire late during the night, but I remember it was about 2 a.m., and I was watching the timing screens. We were lapping really well with Brendan at the wheel, and when we switched the screen to show overall lap times, we saw that he was faster than all except the LMP1 Audis. He's a fantastic talent, and I'm thinking he'll turn a few heads this weekend. Something you might not know about him is that he was also the Mercedes F1 sim driver at the time. Did not know that. Okay. That's so That's cool. Right, vote for Brendan Hartley. I, You know, I whenever we get a new driver, it's always fun to watch them develop right not only you know uh it it it's fun to see them f- for me to g- grasp what kind of a driver they are
1: yeah um, no, it's it's like watching a career start right because it might it just seeing it unfold in front of you is because these careers are so short you know yeah they can like be. I think the average, what would you say the average F1 driving career is? Would you say like the over-under is a year and a half with how many people just come in and flame out immediately, or would you say it's bigger than that?
0: Uh, that's, pre- that's maybe too short. I would say two years. Maybe. Okay. Well, average?
1: Yeah, if you're going to place the over-under betting line, where would you place it? How many seasons?
0: Yeah, maybe two and a half.
1: Yeah, that's probably better. Yeah, yeah one and a half I would definitely bet over. But again, yeah, it's like, so These, it's always like, you know, like like signs, right? Like, I like signs. And the fact he's going to be around a while is awesome. And you kind of get invested in these young kids in a way that you don't. It's one of the things that's cool about F1, I think. One of the things I was drawn to, it, it's like, I'm very much into team sports. And at first, I didn't get F1 because it was more about the individual drivers than the teams. And it took me a long time to come to terms with that. But then once I did, I kind of realized... No, they're just, like, it's, like, different sides of the same coin. Like, I can be rooting for Ferrari. That doesn't mean, like, I can't like signs or whatever, right? Like, right. I, can't, you know, I can't respect uh, what Max Verstappen does or whatever. Uh, so, I once I kind of figured that out, I, like, very much, like, like I was hoping Rossi would be awesome. And I saw someone got us on Twitter this week and gave us a Rossi update, which was cool. Thank you for that. Um, but, yeah, like, I'd say pay attention to the young drivers as much as you do your favorites
0: yeah and uh i I think it was it, it was cool for me coming into the sport because everyone was a new driver, so I got to kind of establish who I liked, and I think that's why I became a fan of Botas because the the races I saw him race um, he did some like really cool stuff so I was like, all right i'm gonna I'm gonna pick that guy. yeah uh, but yeah, um that's cool. Looking forward to seeing him uh next year. In a a full season, perhaps. Uh, Next email, last email, comes in from James. Hey, Drew and Danny and Dave. Uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that I started watching F1 thanks to this podcast and was generally against the concept of motorsports as something I wanted to watch before checking out F1. Also, I work at SB Nation covering various sports, and last year I pitched to my editor the idea of covering F1. They gave me the green light to do a basic TV schedule post and a recap, after retrace and the results have been excellent. I can't share page views obviously, but in general F1 races seem to be doing about as well for us as any single non-primetime regular season NFL game. So it's actually doing quite well, which is awesome. Now this week I'll be doing an interview with both Haas F1 drivers as well as some other members of the team in advance of the race in the US. Uh, so thanks to you guys for talking about this thing. I watched it, became a huge fan and now I'm making money covering it. Keep up the good work. And you're both wonderful. And uh he then says some bad things about Dave Lang.
1: So Yeah, fuck Dave Lang, etc. Yeah. Um I get it, believe me, I understand. Um well good for him for living the dream.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um it's also cool to to know that uh on even on S B Nation, which I d I don't think I, I don't get the sense that there's a lot of race fans over there. Um that even even F one articles seem to be doing well, so that's that's cool. And <laughs> Cool that he's getting a uh, Haas F1 access,
1: for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's like that, that. It's one of those things you like at any job. Like you come up with something and it's like they're never going to go for this, but this like perfectly aligns my passion with my job, and I'll get to go on trips and go cover this thing I love, and it'll be great if it works out. Oh my god, it'll never work out. Oh my god, they said yes. Now I get to do it. It's like yeah, yeah soak it up.
0: Yeah, that's cool, and that is it for emails. Again, you can hit us up at F1.cool slash emails. We are also on Twitter. Follow at ShiftF1Podcast for any show updates and any fun F1 stuff we run across. I am at Drew Scanlon. Danny O'Dwyer is at Danny O'Dwyer. Dave Lang, you are?
1: Uh, Joseph J. Baroni. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, shout-outs this week go to Unicornio Retresado, a.k.a. Portu88, about the Spanish pronunciation of veinte which we were talking about last time, uh, the word for 20, most Spanish speakers say V and B as B, whether they're from Spain or from Central or South America. So that's Bente for 20, even though it's spelled with a V. Thank you very much. Well, there you go. Good to know. Uh, John Eden, a.k.a. Fusball Eh, says, uh, oh, we were talking about Vettel, what he said after Massa pushed him off the track in Mexico. We thought he said, and the... um, Official F1 uh, on YouTube, the radio, the best of team radio for Mexico, thought he said something like, are we driving out of school here? <laughs> uh, but Vettel actually asked, are we driving auto scooter here? Oh, okay. And auto scooter is what Germans call bumper cars.
1: I see. So that's a pretty sick burn.
0: It's a pretty sick burn.
1: He just, he's the best. That's why he's the best. Don't cross him. But oh, that's why
0: he's the best.
1: That's one of the reasons. Okay. It's a factor.
0: And uh, finally Lucia, aka at uh, Lucy Heart Racing, says, "I'm in tears" and then a link to a tweet from WTF1 official says, Kafiat can't just can't catch a break." And it is a clip from the F1 2017 video game where Kefiet is forced off the track by the safety car. Uh-huh. Aha. <laughs> he just comes out of nowhere and rams him off the track into the wall. Uh, I will post a link to that in the
1: show notes. When uh, when art imitates life right there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, as always, you can find our show notes on F1.cool along with how to subscribe via RSS, iTunes, Google Play, and wherever podcasts are sold. Until next time, I am Drew Scanlon. That is Dave Lang. Danny O'Dwyer is on assignment. Uh, if you want to support us, we are both on Patreon. Daddy, Danny. <laughs> Oh boy, at patreon.com slash Danny O'Dwyer, me at patreon.com slash cloth map. Dave Lang, where can we find Did you hold on, hold you? on,
1: hold on. Did you listen to the last show I did with Danny when I was trying to give him business advice? he ignored me.
0: I <laughs> I did, I, did I, I have not yet listened to it, Dave. So probably.
1: he ignored me. Everything I said to him applies to you as well. Okay. And I think you should take you should take it under advisement. Okay. Basically, it's basically the summary is, you can't be the last one through the Patreon burst bubble. You got to start like people are gonna be looking at their Patreon bill five months from now. They're like, "Holy shit, I'm kind of funny. I'm cloth map. I'm no clip. I'm I'm uh, I'm what's good games. I'm all these things. I got to cut a couple of these out. Make it Danny O'Dwyer, not you." <laughs> You need to you need to unhitch yourself from this wagon of this tea of solidarity you're on cuz it's going to end up burning one of you in the big in the end. And then you're never going to talk again anyway cuz you're going to be bitter about it. <laughs> so just do it now. Cut him out of your life now. That's my advice to you. We're going to be we're going to
0: be the last ones on the iceberg back to back.
1: So fuck you Greg Miller. You just give him <laughs> give him drop yeah, drop him in the icy depths. Uh well, good luck with that. I I We'll see how that works out for you. Either I said my piece. I've told you both. The advice I think is salient and actionable. If you ignore it, my hands are clean in this fiasco.
0: <laughs> you can sleep well at night, Dave Lang.
1: Yes. Uh, you can find me. Uh, I work at Iron Galaxy. We make a bunch of video games. Maybe you'll like some of them. I have a podcast, uh, Team GFB Radio. I do it with my friend Daryl Wisner. Just announced another podcast that is coming very soon. Uh, it's called I'm a Fix Wolves, and that is a hip-hop podcast I'm doing with Jeff Gersman.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, it's finally.
1: Be yeah, finally. finally.
0: I've wanted him to do that for a long
1: time. Yeah, we've been talking about it forever, and we finally, we finally got enough invested where we can't not do it now. So uh, it's going to happen. It'll probably the first episode will probably go live hopefully next week. Well, wait what's uh,
0: the what's the what's the angle? What's the pitch? Is it so gonna be, it, it going to be we ripped, like? We basically all ripped F1 you guys off for me. We ripped like you guys for, off. What's that?
1: We ripped you guys off essentially. Okay. It's 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 hip hop for people that really know hip hop inside out but it's also a good we want to treat it like a primer for people yeah. that like maybe like a little bit of hip hop but they don't know anything and they want to get it so we're doing a lot of like hey if you never listen to hip hop go listen to this record in its entirety and then we go listen to it and then we talk about it the next show so we have like a book club thing we do we uh, curate book lists or uh pod, sorry uh, playlists on the site where we say like this is the stuff we're listening to now these are the eternal classics uh, we're going to have some interviews on there. It's going to be pretty good. We have a lot of, we have a little something for everybody, whether you're into hip-hop a little or a lot. Uh, we're basically the Shift F1 of hip-hop podcasts, essentially. That's amazing. I am totally listening to that. What's it called again? It's called I'm a Fixed Wolves. Okay. And you don't know what that means. But that's so you will you will after you listen to the podcast a few times.
0: Great. Cool. And when, when are you guys going to start it?
1: Uh, we got the first one recorded. We just got to do all the website and RSS bullshit and get it up. So... Probably I would say check back uh, Thanksgiving. Though the the if you want to hit up at the Twitter, the Twitter is uh I'm a fixed wolves pod.
0: How do you spell I'm a Fix wolves? I-
1: I-M-A F-I-X W-O-L-V-E-S If you want to know what that is, just Google that. It's, it'll be the first thing that pops up. Okay.
0: Is this is this a giant bomb joint or is this separate?
1: Separate. This is okay. part of the this is part of the uh, GFB Worldwide Incorporated Entertainment Network. Nice. Cool. Yes. Yeah.
0: Alright, sounds good, David.
1: Yeah. Thanks uh, for having me. Thanks for joining
0: me. And everyone else out there, have a good race weekend. We will see you all next week.
1: Peace.